This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello folks and welcome to the Metallica Report. I'm Stefan Shirazi, editor of the band So What magazine. And I'm Renee Richardson, director of philanthropy for Metallica's foundation, all within my hands. This is your official weekly Metallica podcast, the only inside source, bringing you all the news from the band's HQ and studios deep in the heart of Northern California. This week, we're deep diving into both the physical and mental iPods of Lars and Rob, as Lars shares more of his musical obsessions and Rob throws down his five favorite funk cuts. Nice. And as the Metallica marching band competition for whom the band tolls enters the final weeks of voting, we're going to be speaking with the marching band director for Auburn University. So I suppose what we really have here is, surprise, surprise, for a Metallica podcast, a music-themed show as we look at these various genres and and styles and ways of playing great music. But look, quickly, I must mention the sad passing of one of rock's true guitar pioneers, uh, that is Killing Jokes, Geordie Walker. What an immense sound he created. Metallica, of course, famously covered Killing Jokes, The Weight, in 1987 on the 598 EP, Garage Days Re-Revisited, and uh, that was reissued on their 1998 compilation album, Garage Inc. Kirk was on his Instagram earlier in the week explaining Geordie's influence on him. Just massive, um, a, a great loss. And also we lost one of the great lyricists of our time in Shane McGowan, yeah. the Pogues, and also his own band, the Popes. These were mavericks, total mavericks in the spirit of doing it their way. Godspeed to both. Yeah, very sad losses for us all. And before we dive in, Steph, there have been some exciting announcements for summer of 2024 for Metallica with gigs in Vienna, Austria at the Racino Rocks Festival. That one's happening on June 1st in 2024. And you may or may not know I'm Austrian. Half my family lives in Wien. So I was pretty excited to see this one and I might, you know, pull together a little family reunion. Hang on. So, so Wien, this is the Austrian for Vienna. <laughs> yes, it's it's Wien Österreich, Schatzeli. <laughs> Excellent. Good. I won't try and repeat that, so we'll leave it. Well, I got to brush up because if I'm going to go to Vienna, I got to speak with my cousins. And also Clisson France, Clisson France at Hellfest on Saturday, June 29th next year. So two very cool festivals coming up to see Metallica. Yeah, you get a break on the pronunciation of Clisson because you're not French. Thank you. And you did such a good job with Vienna and Wien and that bit that came afterwards. I mean, you know, it's all good. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's look at Hellfest. It's one of those festivals which is just, yes, thrilling and exhausting. I mean, you're talking four days with just about every heavy band you could ever want to see in 96 hours. I mean, look, I I said to our producer, take a look at this lineup, full bore Hellfest lineup poster. And he just came back and said it looked like a periodic table. (laughs) (laughs) A periodic table of heavy and metal. So, yeah, look, it includes Foo Fighters, The Prodigy, Queens of the Stone Age, Avenged Sevenfold, Machine Head, and over 170 other bands. Incredible. (laughs) 
So, Steph, you know, one of my favorite things is when you catch Lars amid one of his deep dive musical obsessions. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just love this. As a former radio announcer, the music discovery thing, you may not know this, but it was like beaten out of me by the commercialism of it all because they don't want you to be too exploratory. Play what you're told and and be excited about it. By the way, that sucks. I'm so sorry. Totally. It was fucking sucks. What's the point? But it's behind us now, right? Good. And I mean this when I say that hearing you and Lars talk music on this podcast, it has completely reignited that wonder and discovery for me. And so I got to thank you and Lars for that. And it's helpful because there's so much stuff out there. And sometimes I'm like, where do you start? Right. What am I going to listen to today? Where do I, where do I even begin? So anyway, thank you to you and Lars. And you had another one of those deep dive moments not too long ago, didn't you? Yeah, we certainly did. And look, this is one of the great things about deep diving with Lars is that, you know, you forget that this is a guy who sold, you know, gazillion records and body, yada, 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 yada. He's just another full on music nerd like me or like you out there listening. He, he, he's one of us. Yeah. And he makes it very clear because he just gets fired up and, and deep into the, 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 the rabbit holes of whatever obsession he's into just loses himself in it and oh it's it's great i mean we've listened to so much music over the years in cars in formerly in bars i mean all sorts of places (laughs) but what i found interesting about these two latest discussion points is that these two obsessions are actually pretty consistent in so much as leonard skinner and warrior soul are both bands that he's liked for decades right Hmm. so you know they kind of come up and come down in the pantheon of what he listens to he'll drill down into the nitty gritty as i just said but you know one more thing before he does and that is when it comes to warrior soul lars has been as consistent and loud a champion of the dynamic and genuinely rebellious and beautifully crazy Corey clark who is the front man and founder of warrior soul as anyone i know and for damn good reason because that guy and this band uh, they're a motherfucking treasure they really are and go and check them out you can find them at Warrior Soul Official on Facebook and also on the World Wide Web. Just go dig in. Just go, I don't know, go into Google and type Warrior Soul and see what comes up. But just check it out. Anyway, three, two, one. Take it away, Lars. I've been on uh, two things, which is Leonard Skinner, the heavier Leonard Skinner songs. Most of them deep cuts. One called On the Hunt. One called Cry for a Bad Man one called Working for MCA, which may not be the deepest of cuts, Saturday Night Special, and a song called Searching. Those five songs, incredible, deeper, heavier, people that mostly know Skinner from, say, Freebird or Sweet Home Alabama. This is sort of like the heavier, less mainstream side to them. Great, great mid-70s hard rock songs, incredible drumming, singing, soloing. And those songs uh, definitely have stood the test of time. The other rabbit hole I've gone down a little bit, which actually on Peloton last night, that was Warrior Soul, which still have made um, just some incredible records. Warrior Soul is underappreciated, you know, but so mostly, I mean, the record that I go back to, but a lot of their early stuff is all great, but there's an intensity and a vibe around the Space Age Playboys album that came out, I think around, what, 94, give or take a year. And songs like Rocket Engines, Let's Get High, Get Wasted, The Pretty Faces, Rotten Soul, Fighting the War, Drug. All these songs are incredible. I There's a sound and a 
a vibe on that record that still perseveres, you know, close to 30 years later. And um, there's an energy in that record and a sort of just right in that zone between hard rock, heavy metal, but a lot of punk attitude and a lot of kind of not giving a shit and the two finger salute and really kind of uh, rebellious contrarian energy that that record in particular sounds as fresh today as it did a couple, three decades ago when it came out. Started going down the rabbit hole of uh, YouTube live videos and found a clip from London where they were playing in a big club theater where they were playing. The one that the last one I was looking at was Let's Get Wasted, which is such a great track. The sync was a little off, but the music and the energy was uh, was definitely uh, much appreciated. That's it. Rocket engines. (laughs) Rocket engines loving Coca-Cola. Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell ya, I have small ear canals, uh, I know a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. And we are back. So as we have come to learn, this band's love of music is absolutely infectious. We see it in everything that they do. You've got James wearing those Motorhead t-shirts that I hear he goes online and buys for himself and picks them out, which is totally awesome. Yep, all true. And you've got Kirk proudly fanboying about Hendrix on the regular. And then we know Lars's obsessions, of course. And Rob, who not only listens to all sorts of music, but he throws down on all of it, too. 
Right? He, he absolutely does. I mean, whether it was performing on his mother's coffee table yeah. as a kid, which is something he told <laughs> me he did, um, you know, or if he's gathering incredible players to form the Mass Mental Project, or if he's creating his own infectious grooves, uh, or holding the bass range of suicidal tendencies in times past, RT is, yeah, he just loves music and he's a musician's musician. That's a fact. Right. Let's also not forget the dude is a major contributor to Ozzy Osbourne's Grammy Award winning album, Patient number nine last year. And look, a lot of what gives Rob his flow can be attributed to his love of funk because RT is funky and that's a good thing. The good funky, not the other <laughs> funky. It's the musical funky. So settle back and let the man himself tell you his five favourite funk songs and, by proxy, major slices of the inspiration that he brings to his style in Metallica every day. All right, I'm going to share with you my five favourite funk grooves because I'm a bass player that loves, I love the instrument. I love the bottom end, but I also love how the bass has an energy to it that can kind of control your body movements. You know what I mean? It's sexy. It can be sexy, <laughs> but uh, okay. Everybody knows I'm a huge fan of the song Jungle Boogie. Kirk and I play that in the wedding band and that riff, that bass line is probably one of the best ever. I mean, it's up there with Sandman, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Don't, 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 And then, of course, the horns kick in. Holy shit. It's badass. I've even heard Jerry Cantrell, you know, about 20 years ago saying, man, I want to cover that someday. And the scary thing is with his voice and the range, I could hear that um, being a strong possibility. Anyway, Jungle Boogie's at the top of my, my list. There's a song called Slide by a band called Slave. And this is uh, an incredible bass line that is very simple, but it's very prominent and strong. And uh, again, it, it moves and it grooves and, it, and it, it, it's, uh, it's just like an infection to whoever's listening to it. And that song, the bass player is a guy called Mark Adams. And Mark Adams, unfortunately, passed away about 10 years ago. But the band Slave came out of Dayton, Ohio, which was the home of a lot of funk bands like, you know, the Ohio Players, a band called Sun, a band called Heatwave, uh, Lakeside, all these groups, but they all had incredible bass players. And uh, this song was, was probably recorded when they were about 16 years old, like literally teenagers, you know, probably didn't sign the best record deals back then, but this song was a big hit. Anyway, Slide is a song that really resonated with me in my youth, and it, it still does till this day. The next song is a song called What Is Hip? What Is Hip is a very cool song from a band from actually the East Bay up in NorCal, a band called Tower of Power. Bass player is Rocco Prestia. He had sort of a Jocko vibe, and he might have been doing this even a little bit before Jocko, but he was doing the 16th note, funk grooves on the bass, super tight, great movement. That song also is one that I grew up with. A very cool song. East Bay was great in that it produced some of the, the coolest bands in the sort of funk rock realm, like the Sly and the Family Stone. You know, even bands like Creedence Clearwater Revival came out of the East Bay. You know, Brass Construction, I believe, was another one of the bands that came out of there. So East Bay had this thing that was uh, very powerful in, in the world of soul and groove and all of that. So I love listening to that song and it takes me back to my childhood. Another cool song is Climbing Up the Ladder by the band The Isley Brothers. Climbing Up the Ladder came out on the Go For Your Guns album. I believe that would have been around 1977. 
what's really cool about that song and, and, and what that means to me is it was the first concert I ever went to was the Isley Brothers and Wild Cherry. Wild Cherry, play that funky music, White Boy. <laughs> Another cool song. And that concert really resonated because it was the concert that made me realize I want this. I was at the L.A. Forum with my mom. She took me there for my birthday, saw this show, walked out of there saying, I want to be a musician. I want to perform. Let's see. Last but not least, a song called Sing a Simple Song by the band Sly and the Family Stone. Again, East Bay Band. But. They had riffs, just like the Isley Brothers. They had riffs, bass lines and riffs. Riffs are what you hear in Metallica's music. And that's what you hear in a lot of heavy metal. Black Sabbath are the kings of riffs. So if you hear this song, you'll, you'll hear what I'm talking about. There you go. Okay, we're going to dive into another genre, you guys. You know the marching band competition is in the voting phase. If you didn't know it, you know that now. And talk about going down a totally different rabbit hole. There is so much incredible talent out there. And we extended an invitation to the schools to have their band directors join us on the pod. Some of them responded. Dr. Corey Sperlin, he is the professor of music and director for the Auburn University Marching Band. He showed me that these folks, they're no joke. I mean, the decision for such a prestigious collegiate marching band to enter a competition like this is one that's not taken lightly. And it was because a band like Metallica took an interest in marching bands. That was a really big part of their decision to participate. So what really struck me in talking to Dr. Sperlin, Corey, as we call him, is how they made their song selection. So I'll let Corey explain. We were particularly drawn to a particular concert that they did in 2022 in Brazil, where they had a video board behind the band and started real mysterious, real dark. You couldn't really see them on the stage. They were all kind of this electronic vibe going on, kind of screechy uh, guitars and drum smashes and things. And we said, well, I think we can recreate the electronics that they are using at this particular point. And then we looked at what they did on the video board and thought that through animation drill, marching drill, we could actually recreate the five swinging bells that they had at the start of that concert on the back of the video board. And then, of course, the contest itself is called For Whom the Bell Tolls. So we thought, you know, what an appropriate tune to start with. And so that became our, our opening segment. And then I just kind of liked how that particular song flowed into wherever I may roam. I thought they would fit really well together in terms of tempo and style, and we could make them two really mesh into a, an overall segment in the show. I mean, when you listen to him right there, Corey is one of us, right? The deep diving and the thought that goes into this program. It's its just incredible. Absolutely. It was super fun. And these schools are all very professional and they have a lot going on this time of year. So I finally wanted to know if it was worth it. Like if they were glad that they entered and if they would encourage others to do this if we did it again. Yeah, I would. We, we had a blast. Obviously, we've got a lot of positive press out of it. People seem to enjoy our show and have said some really nice things about our band and our students, which we really appreciate. 
And then, you know, Metallica has so much music from so many different decades to choose from. You know, we got a lot of inspiration from their collaboration with the San Francisco Symphony. And so we we really studied that and looked at that to see how, especially for Nothing Else Matters, that part of our show sounds a lot more symphonic. And we took a lot of inspiration from that. Uh, you can really take what you do best as a marching band and use their music to showcase it. And that's kind of what we tried to do. So look, we're all very proud of the fact that we're able to support musicians in this way. We hope you take some time to check out the submissions and vote for your favorites. You have until December 31st to get your vote in. You get one selection for high school and one for collegiate, but it's all for the good of music. Go to MetallicaMarchingBand.com. Yeah, and absolutely. If you haven't checked some of these bands out, you really need to, and you need yeah. to wrap your head around exactly what they're doing in terms of arrangement, a rearrangement of the music and adapting it to their unique skill set. It's mind-blowing. And that just about brings us to the end of this week's show. Ah, yes. Time marches on. And since this pod was all about musical rabbit holes, would it be totally cheesy of me to bust out the Blackened X rabbit hole collaboration? Any reason for whiskey, right? I mean, it's practically Christmas. Well, look, uh, a rabbit hole in a musical rabbit hole is all good (laughs) with me. And hey, guess what? Our friends at Blackened created this limited edition blend, the rabbit hole blend, which we've been talking about for a while now on the pod. And it's just in time for the holidays, in case you didn't notice, part of the Masters of Whiskey series. So we suggest you go to blackandwhiskey.com and and help us out here because we sample this stuff for quality control purposes. But join us. Mm -hmm. You know you want to. Yes, and you won't be disappointed. And while you're drinking your whiskey, you can win some stuff too. We have the Merch VIP monthly giveaway. You can sign up for the exclusive Metallica Merch Package giveaway. All you got to do is follow and share this podcast to be entered to win some very cool Metallica swag. Head to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica to enter. See ya. ya. The Metallica Report is produced by Metallica HQ, Pantheon Media, and PopCult. If you like what we're doing here, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to visit metallica.com slash podcast to submit your questions, offer your thoughts, and become a part of this podcast. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.